up on midnight when we pulled up out front in the shadow of the large statue of our founder on a horse. Darkness shrouded the square. It appeared a bit creepy even before we brought two ghosts in there with us. My sister let us in and the large wood doors opened with a loud echoing creak. It's a good thing we can't afford a security guard, she said as she led us into the cavernous lobby. I breathed in the comforting scent of old books. I wouldn't know how to explain this one. Let's start with the phone books, I said, getting down to business. For Sugarland and any cities or counties within a 50-mile radius. You've thought this out, Melody said appreciatively, as we passed through a main hall and headed for the research area to the left. Of course, I said, pretending not to notice her sarcastic tone. I didn't always look before I leaped. In this case, though, I knew we were up against a time deadline. Rows and rows of bookshelves held thick books detailing local history, census data, and phone book records. I grabbed the one for Sugarland and headed for a sturdy table. Melody took books for the three surrounding counties and joined me. Several hours later, we'd searched every phone book for every city and county in Tennessee and the nearby states. Melody had logged into census data from 1940 through the present day. Nothing. I'd expected her to be hard to find. It concerned me deeply that she had no personal record at all. What do we do now? I asked, worried. My voice carried in the silent library. I didn't even see the ghosts. No doubt they were conserving their energy. I'd learned from Frankie how easily they could wear themselves down and how hard it was to maintain a presence on the physical plane. Come on, Melody said, heading for a section at the back labeled genealogy. We'll look at old yearbooks. Yes, but that's not going to tell us where she lives. She continued, undeterred. It might give us a better idea of her name. Maybe we're spelling it wrong. We might be missing part. I highly doubted Private Cleveland had given me bad information. Still, it would be neat to see what Mame had looked like. Melody handed me the 1942 Sugarland High School yearbook and grabbed one from the town over for herself. One thing I've learned about research, you keep at it. You never know what's going to give you a break. The spine cracked as I opened it and saw a photo of the baseball team. It was hard to imagine those cocky kids had played ball at my old high school more than 70 years ago. They looked like your typical young athletes, so tough and sure of themselves. I turned to the class pictures, to the senior class of 1942, and I saw her, Mary B. Sachs, nicknamed Mame. She smiled bright, her raven hair neatly curled away from her heart-shaped face. Look at this, I told Melody. Then we turned back to see John Cleveland, Johnny, in a sweater vest and a bow tie. He appeared as if he didn't have a care in the world. I almost didn't recognize him. I'd needed to see this, to hold in my hands the undeniable truth this woman had indeed existed. But why had she ceased to exist after 1942? I blew out a frustrated breath. You okay? Melody asked. Of course. I said, rubbing a hand over my face. My eyelids felt like sandpaper. We had to be missing something, a vital piece of the puzzle. I didn't know what. Dawn's coming, she said. A faint trace of morning light had already begun to light up the windows behind us, 
casting the world in gray. I need to go home and clean up, so I can open the library for the law-abiding citizens. Right, I said, bracing my head in my hands, unwilling to pack it up just yet. The answer felt as if it were just out of reach. Something simple. If I could only see it. I refused to believe that the woman in the book I held in front of me was somehow unreachable. Soon, it would be too late. Get some rest, Melody said as we stood. Take care of yourself. That wouldn't help private Cleveland, or buy us any time. I was glad I didn't see him as Melody closed up the library. I didn't think I could look him in the eye at that moment. Let's go, she said, when we'd finished turning off the lights. We'll think of something else tomorrow. I'd let her drive me to my house. I didn't have my car. But I didn't promise her I'd stay home.